What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Zero Hour Podcast, where we help you and your ministries navigate the biggest youth ministry shift in American history. Hey. Yo. <laughs> you like that start? Yeah, I love it. Hey. Uh, better yeah. than sporty spice. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you really reflecting on that. <laughs> you didn't that want me to call one. you that again. You brought it up now on this episode. So, uh, here we are, uh, another episode. Uh, last time we talked about relational evangelism and what that has to do with our ministries and how, yeah, to how to help students really live into that rhythm and uh, yeah, be disciple makers because. It's the relationship that matters. So mm. uh, Haley is with us again. And um, yeah, we, we were kicking around a few ideas before we started the episode. And we were like, which one is really resonating with us? And I think this one, it's it's important because I think, honestly, it, it is about the DNA yeah. as a ministry in general. Mm. And like both with Zero Hour and the underground at large in Kansas City, it's like... Mm-hmm we have all come out of places and spaces where this has not been the DNA. (laughs) So we are like, I think maybe even to a fault, like this is so much of a building block of who we are. Maybe not a fault, honestly, but just like, we're really serious about this. And uh, that paradigm or the concept we're going to talk about today is that uh, it starts with us, like mm. the reality of really trying to be um, a ministry that is training and equipping others to be disciple makers is that it starts with us. And it starts first and foremost with our connection to the Father. And it starts first and foremost mm. with our like real personal lives, like behind closed doors, uh, you know, when we're alone with Jesus, if we ever are alone yeah. with Jesus, like that's where it starts mm-hmm. is it starts with those intimate moments. Um, and we just wanted to kind of talk about that generally as a topic, um, today and yeah, lay out kind of the realities. It's like probably one of those things that's not new news. You know what I mean? Like that's not a new concept per (laughs) se, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just think we so quickly, um, find ourselves trying to be the fixers and vision casters for others. Right that we'll lose sight of like our own personal lives and our own personal walks. And like, just like Peter, Mm -hmm. when he steps out on the boat, that he loses sight of Jesus, where it's Mm -hmm. like, it is human nature, you know? So it's like, it's not a knock. It just is a reality of like, uh, we, we can, we can get it twisted. Yeah. Right. Like we can really quickly get it twisted. Um, why, why don't you go ahead and just read from, you know, the, the main passage that we thought of that was like, man, this is, important and I think encapsulates what it is we're trying to say is in John 15. Mm -hmm. John 15 verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. If the branches and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and 
so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Hmm. Yeah. So from that, Haley, what, why was that the, the scripture we chose? What, what sticks mm. out to you in terms of just this overall topic? Mm. Yeah. I mean, abiding is just huge. It's how we carry ourselves in the world. You know, I'm a big fan of the phrase that like we can't present ourselves like to other people um, or, or a better way to say it, I guess, would be the best version of you is the version that's taken care of. Mm. And so even we're talking about like being emotionally healthy, people talk about, you know, having boundaries so that you are sure you're taken care of so that you can present yourself well to others. And like, we're like that because we are created by a God who is also like that. You know, Jesus goes to the father and he spends his quiet time with the father. And then he, uh, has the capacity to lead the disciples. Um, And similarly, he's asking us to do the same thing here. It's abide in me and I in you and then go forth. Yeah. Um, And that's just like, it's attachment. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Say more on that. Yeah. So like uh, another big thing, another big thing I'm a fan of is the idea of attachment us between or between us and God. Uh, so we could have secure attachment. This is just attachment in general, like an overview. Mm-hmm. Um, so between us and others, you can be securely attached, insecurely attached, which is like anxious, or you can be avoidantly attached. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, we get these different attachments because we are born into a world that's full of sin and darkness and, mm-hmm. uh, our parents can't always parent in the way that is the design. Yeah, it's not perfect parenting, yeah. Right, and so attachment is this idea of like connection and a bond between you and your original caregiver. That's Mm -hmm. that's the parental connection. And so when we see like God the Father and how can we be attached to God the Father, um, the beauty between the Father and Jesus is they are securely attached. And Mm. what does it look like for us to step into secure attachment with the father Come on. it's abiding yeah yeah i mean i think even as you're speaking like <clears throat> i think we especially those in ministry uh will have this mindset uh you know there's a lot of weird attachments in ministry um yeah because the nature of it is you you are trying to exemplify healthy attachment to individuals and you're trying to help them usher into an understanding of how to do that with the father first and foremost. Yeah. And then, but on the flip side, I think we in ministry can get it twisted in the sense that like our, we think our attachment has to therefore be perfect to the father. Right. Otherwise we never step out Mm. or even the ordinary person thinks that I, I think probably more than not, the ordinary person thinks that, right? That they think I have to have perfect attachment or I have to present myself as perfect. I have to have it all together, therefore, to be on mission Mm -hmm. or to actually live into a missional identity. Dude, that's so huge. But that's not, that's not, that's not what abiding means. That's not what learning to have healthy attachment is, is 
there is imperfections. And actually, Jesus flips that concept completely on its head by saying, it is in your imperfections that mm-hmm. create the actual attachment that I was I designed you for. Yeah. Out of a necessity for me. Like, mm-hmm. you will not bear fruit. Mm-hmm. It will not happen if there is not secure attachment in me. If mm. there is not this true, authentic, broken mm. part of you that is able to connect with our Father in Heaven in a powerful way. Yeah. If that doesn't exist, there will not be this reality. Right. But it, it is out of the overflow of Him mm-hmm. filling those voids, out of the overflow of Him, like healing the wounds and and sometimes not healing the wounds, you know, yeah. and just like saying, but I'm here for mm-hmm. those wounds. And like knowing that we have a father that actually cares about those things is yeah. the difference between even just earthly parenting, yeah. right? Like yeah. in the realities of why he, we even call him father, like mm. why the Bible addresses him as father so often yeah, is because he's filling that void in so many ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go off. Yeah. What What else, you know, in terms of how you see this, especially in student ministry, mm-hmm. like how, how have you observed kind of a lack of mm-hmm. individuals not being connected themselves first? Mm. You know, I actually have been really blessed to see the example of people who really do like spend time with the Lord in the quiet place before going out and leading other students for the most part. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I know of when I've honestly been like, you know, not the best about spending time with God and truly abiding in him. And those are the times when my life is riddled with like fear of, you know, going out and making disciples like, Oh, I'm, I'm not good enough for this. Like, I don't have the plan. What if it goes wrong? What if I say something wrong and cause a lot of harm? Like I'm just consumed by that fear. Um, Not to say that like when we are abiding with God, we don't have that fear, but we know that we're not alone in it. Yeah. And I think that's huge. Yeah. Say more on your end. No, that's, that's uh, as you were speaking, the the concept of fear too. It's like when we are not abiding, Mm -hmm. of course we're going to be, living in a in a in a mode of fear because yeah. how could you not you oh, know yeah. like the the what the world is offering and what the lies that we are being told on a consistent daily basis mm. oftentimes students in their own homes are being told you know and mm-hmm. in a broken system in a broken world like those with the ta- will be the tapes that you play over and over again and so yeah. when we call students unto mission and yeah. say like hey you have an identity to be a disciple maker, mm. but they still have this void mm. of being connected deeply to the father and abiding in him and, and just resting in him and like being in the word and praying yeah. and consistently actually being connected to him. Right. It just, it can result mm-hmm. in unhealthy aspects, yeah. right. Of how they're out on mission. But I, th- I actually think that doesn't mean therefore you stop calling unto mission. Right. What it actually ends up doing is it it exposes students to themselves that they're not being connected in a healthy mm. attachment way to the father, and yeah. so I, I've we I've firsthand seen students that have gone like, uh, yeah, I did a discovery Bible study with a student and I didn't have any answers for them, <laughs> and I was like kind of ashamed, like, and 
you know, it was an opportunity for me as, as a, you know, a voice in their life to say that, you know, you don't, you don't, first off, you don't need to be Bible answer, man. A, Mm -hmm. B, that should drive you further into a dependence on him and going like, you should have that time yourself. Like Mm. you should be continually leading out of a cup that's full. But oftentimes what we end up doing is we let him sit and consume Mm -hmm. and, and almost like become a glutton right in a space here yeah. where somebody else is forcing them to consume this thing yeah instead of them becoming self-feeders and I think mm. that's so much of what we're trying to you know help students step into is this realization that it's like you've been on the milk it's time to have meat and you can yeah. you can have meat like mm-hmm. and I of course am Enneagram eight challenger so of course I challenge to that level but I, right. I, because I've seen students step up to it yeah. Right. And I think the more that we help students go, you can have meat. Mm. You can do this. You yeah. can be a self feeder. Yeah. And as you're on mission and you're recognizing the things that, you know, you, because the disciples go out and screw yeah. up many times. Oh, yeah. And then they come back like, what the heck, Jesus? And he tells them to do this. They're like, oh, wow. I mean, many times it's like, hey, your dependence on me. You know, he's like, actually, he removes a dependence, tells them to pray and fast. He, and that dependence on food and he's like actually i need you to abide deeper in mm. me is actually his invitation to go back out right yeah. so i just I, I think you know sometimes i'm trying to get the the under help us understand the difference between just saying hey you need to be a, a perfect abider before you're ever on mission right that's a lie the enemy yeah. uses right because then we can just become a glutton mm-hmm. over here and never do anything. Yeah. But it's also a lie on the flip side to say, just be on mission and be a really unhealthy abider. <laughs> That's also a lie. Right. Right. Like both are a way that the enemy uses us to distract towards this healthy approach. Yeah. You know, which is to your attachment concepts. Like I'm sure you could pull out of those. Like this is, I don't know. What were the three categories you said of attachment? There's uh, healthy. Secure attachment. Secure attachment. Anxious. Anxious. And, and there's avoidant. Yeah, I wonder avoidant almost sounds like the non-missional side yeah. of it where it's like they just sit and never really have, you know. Yeah. And then the anxious is this one where it's like, yeah, I'll be on mission. <laughs> like I'm I'm anxious, I'm nervous because yeah. there isn't this like backbone and structure of actually abiding. So mm. I just it's 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 a two-winged structure mm-hmm. <laughs> that has to work in unison and Right. That has to be reliant on the Holy Spirit to fulfill both of those realities. Exactly. That's something that's, uh, we can set that example as voices in their lives. Yes. Of, hey, we like are not the ones in charge of this mission. Right. Like, first of all, God's the head. So like, it's his mission. We're all just joining him. And so we can free ourselves of that burden. And then just like setting the example of like abiding in our doing yes and like setting the example of like oh i learned this new thing as i was like in a dbs with someone in the moment or you know like when those clunky uh conversations happen with non-believers to say in that moment i had no idea what to say and i just had a silent shout to god of like help me i have no words right um when we can be wrestling through that in our personal lives and ministry uh we can bring that in and like the students see that mm-hmm. and they value it and know like oh they're doing that this is a normal thing to do this is possible i can do that too yeah that's so good i mean you know just kind of wrap us up here like I, there is like 
I mean, when you look at the statistics, I don't know how many meetings now you and I have sat in on of stats of Gen Z at this point. It's like every next gen meeting gathering it's like here are the new statistics on this gen and it's like i get it because it does help inform us in a way right so but i do think this is some of that value like in yeah. this instance because we're talking about a generation that is the lowest biblical literacy in america's history mm. so like yeah I, it's some astronomical low number that has a biblical world view yeah and the biblical literacy on top of that is so low and mm-hmm. I think that has a huge part to play in where this, you know, next generation is going to mature up. And so I think this is some of the part that is beautiful. And I, I would just urge um, youth pastors, youth workers to view these things as synonymous, that they're yeah. not they're not mutually exclusive, like they go together because uh, as you're you, we, we need to provide the students with more and more spaces to really be abiders and like teach them how, show mm. them how, show them how to read the Bible, simple, transferable ways to read the Bible, show them that it's five, 10 minutes, just start there. Like yeah. we're talking wartime concepts. Like you got like two to three minutes in the bunker yeah. to really get in the word, say the prayer you need to say. And that is the connectedness because you're going back out into a battlefield and Hmm. Like we got to provide spaces for that. So like the urgency for this, uh, you know, youth pastors and youth workers and youth ministries and youth groups to like actually start investing time on a weekly basis, one-on-one, yeah. one to two and showing them how to abide is massive. Mm-hmm. Right. And then on the flip side, showing them how to live on mission, mm. being an example of showing them how, cause it starts with us. Right. So showing them how you're doing that. So taking them on prayer walks, yeah. showing them how to have conversations that can just be a natural conversation mm-hmm. it, it, wherever it is, right. Taking them to things that are with your family, where maybe it's your cousin, your cousin in law, I'm thinking personal <laughs> here, your cousin in law. And like, these are guys that I've discipled that have yeah. met my cousin in law that I am consistently trying to pray for and mm. over and share the, the, the words of life to him because I want him to know Jesus. Yeah. But like, I'm trying to show them, it's like, it's not some miraculous thing I say. Yeah. I want you to see both in my transparent life behind the scenes. Yeah. And I want you to see in my public life how I do both and. and yeah. Yeah. So we in mm. youth ministry have to start doing both and. It yeah. is not separate and it starts with us. Ooh.